we've been talking about the heart, and whatever you believe in your heart, every cell in your body is going to work to cause that to happen. Your DNA, every cell in your, your body knows what you believe. Do you know that? Every cell in your body knows what you believe. And so even though you may just quote that I believe God heals or whatever, but what do you believe in your heart? That's what your body's going to work towards. That's what your body's going to work towards. So this is why it's vitally important for what? To guard your heart, to guard your heart. Uh, I want to talk a little bit today about the three inputs into the heart. How do we get information to our heart? Well, number one is the spirit. Remember we said this, the spirit goes through, it, it is everything that God said you were. And to get what's inside of you to your soul and into your body, the heart is the connection. Everything's got to pass through, and we're not talking about your physical organ, but everything has to pass through your heart to get to your soul and eventually manifest into your body. God's calling you. Please answer it. See what he says. Three inputs. So your heart, I mean, three inputs into your heart, your, your spirit. You need to know what is in your spirit. You need to know what's in your spirit. If you do not know what's in your spirit, it's going to be hard for your, for your body to get a hold of that. And so, by re, so how do we know what's in our spirit? Bob, first of all, the word of God. You have to get a hold of the word to know what's in your spirit, what God has done for you. So your spirit has, you have to know what's in it. And uh, it's by spending time with God. God will tell you. He'll reveal things to you that you do not know. Hearing messages. So we have to know what is in us. 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4. I'm going to say this in the King James Version. There's some people believe that only uh, the King James Version is the right um, Translation, because we all know that's the translation that Jesus used. That's sarcasm, okay? You can laugh at sarcasm. Jesus spoke Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greek, but most of the common language was Aramaic at that time. It was not King James Version. Don't get me started. Second Peter 1, 3, but this is for those people who believe that, King James Version. According as his divine power hath, H-A-T-H is what? Past tense. Does everybody get that? Does everybody believe that hath is past tense? Okay. So according to his divine power, he's done something in the past. He's given unto us all things. How many things? Would that leave anything out? Let me just say this. If you do a word study on the word all, in the Greek, in the Hebrew, Aramaic, Swahili, in the other language, you will come to this conclusion. All means all. It means it leaves nothing out. You follow me? All right. He said he's given unto us all things that pertain unto life. That's life right here in Pueblo, Colorado. That means that everything God has given that you will need in public Colorado is being given unto you in your spirit. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Anything that you need to be able to relate to God, 
experience God has been deposited into your spirit. Let me believe that's good news. Woo! That's good news. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, and this is how you're going to get a hold of it. Through the knowledge of Jesus that has called us to glory and virtue. The knowledge of God. All right? Then verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Why does it say you might be? Because that has to do with your heart, whether or not these divine promises are going to be manifested. They've been given. It says that they have been given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So... We get a hold of these things that have been deposited into our spirits through the knowledge of God that has given us all things for the purpose of allowing us to be partakers of God's divine nature. Wow. We get to be a partaker of the divine, na- the divine nature of God. The divine nature of God. And so it sits here and he goes that... Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Through the knowledge. So that we have to know. We have to know some things. So listen to me. I, when I was growing up, I never knew that it was the will of God for me to be healed. I assumed because everybody was sick that that was God's will. I wasn't taught that. Maybe you weren't taught that. Maybe you still believe today that it's the will of God to, for you to be sick. or for That's how people, I don't know what to say. I, I just know this. I know that people that truly believe in God have still gotten sick. So you, you say, so what's the catch? The catch is what I'm going to be talking today about our heart. That's where the catch is. But if we don't know what's in us, we don't know to have faith. You can't, listen to me, you cannot have faith for what you don't know. You can't believe for something that you don't know. You have to, you have to know about it. So we have to know that healing's been deposited inside of us. And not only healing, the prosperity for every need to be met has been deposited inside you and me. Every single need, God hath provided all things, everything. God will do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think according to the power that is. We read that, but our brain says that that power is in heaven. But according to the power that is in us, it's not in heaven. So we have prayer meetings to call the power down. We have prayer meetings. Let's just fast and pray and believe God to pour, to pour out his blessings, to pour out his power upon us. And I'm not making fun of that. If you're doing that, listen to me today. The power is in you. There's not going to be any more power getting poured out, ladies and gentlemen. The power is in you. There's not going to be anything else. What Jesus did at the death, the resurrection, through the cross, and the resurrection, everything has been done. But we don't believe that in our heart. 
And the reason I know we don't believe that in our heart is the way we pray. <laughs> and I'm not trying to condemn anyone. We're all growing, including moi. We are growing. Three inputs into your heart. Your spiritual man. Your soul, which is your will, your mind, and your emotions. So, if you want to affect your heart by your soul, your heart is being affected by your soul. How is it? What are you thinking of? What do you think on constantly? What are your passions? What are your passions? And what are you choosing for your life? So your will, your chooser, what are you choosing for your life? Your mind, what are you thinking of? And then your emotions. What are you passionate about? Are you passionate anything about the things of God? That's what's going to affect your heart. Your spiritual man, your soul, and then the last one, your five senses. What are you putting before your five senses? What do you keep looking at? What do you keep, you know, all five of your senses affect your heart. What am I saying? Your spiritual man, your soul, and your five senses are causing your heart to believe a certain way. To believe a certain way. Out of the heart, all the issues of life flow out of it. Out of it. I'm going to just read real quick some heart scriptures. That's what I've got them listed. Are you ready? Are you ready, Tiff? We see Machine Gun City. Proverbs 15.30, the message translates, A twinkle in the eye means joy in the heart, and good news makes you feel fit as a fiddle. The Amplified Version, The light in the eyes of him whose heart is joyful rejoices the hearts of others, and good news nourishes the bones. Proverbs 17.22, A cheerful heart is good medicine. But a broken spirit saps a person's strength. Did you hear that? A cheerful heart. I believe the King James says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. I want to say something here. I know I believe in exercise and diet. My wife and I, we try to walk, and she tries to get me to eat healthy. But anyway, uh, I believe in diet and exercise. But I'm going to tell you something that's more important that we overlook, and that is your, a merry heart. A merry heart doeth good like a Medicine to your body. Some of you need to take some medicine. You need to take some medicine. What do I mean? You need to get your heart full of the joy of the Lord. And I can tell you what your heart has been thinking on because of your life, what's going on in your life. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Proverbs 15, 13, a glad heart makes a happy face. A broken heart crushes the spirit. Proverbs 15, 13, the New King James Verse says, A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. The heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. A continual feast to who has a happy heart. Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Even in laughter, the heart may sorrow, and the end of mirth may be grief. 
The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways, but a good man will be satisfied from above. A backslider. You know, I, I grew up and we'd have altar calls for all the backsliders to come up. <laughs> how, many, how many had those? Yeah. I was up there a lot. But anyway, I, I would come up there and so uh, I knew all about that. But you know what they, they taught is this, is that backsliding is because you got into sin. You got away from God and you got into your to sin. And uh, we'll talk about sin. But I think I'm going to share something today that just may be an eye opener for you about a backslider. Because, you know, religion will teach you a certain way. But I, I just know that, well, I want to just teach you this. If you believe that you're not righteous, then you have a backslidden heart. If you don't think that God can make the best of your situation, then you have a backslidden heart. Unbelief, where you just don't and can't trust God, you have a backslidden heart. Do you believe that everything is going to work out for you? If not, you have a backslidden heart. I can say amen to all of those in my life. <clears throat> maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. Maybe this message I studied was just for me. I, I don't know. But I'm just saying I can say yes to all of those. Can, can you? So my point is this. It's not to condemn us. God, I don't believe, gave me this message to, to all of us to be in condemnation and guilt. I believe he gave us this message to say, I'm going to help you. God's hand is always a hand up. Condemnation is always the devil taking you down. If you're going down, you're going in the wrong way. You need to have a reaching hand up, and God's hand is always reaching up, down to pull you and me up. But we have a backslidden heart when most of the time we people think it's just, well, it's just because of sin. That's why I talked about in communion today. Examine your heart for these things that I'm talking about. I mean, when you, do, you, you and I do wrong, it's hard to think that, you know, you're, you're righteous right after you sin. You know, this is Fox News, CNN, ABC, NBC. You've just sinned. How do you feel? Do you still feel righteous? Most of the Christian world will go, no, no, I just, I need sackcloth and I need ashes. I just need, just, just bank the back of my head. Just do something. Rough me up. So you know what you and I are saying in that frame of mind? That our righteousness is based upon us and not what Jesus has done for us. Oh. Amen, oh me, or I don't believe it. One of those two. But if you don't believe it, I pity you. I really do because you're going to have to work yourself 24-7 trying to make yourself righteous and you will never get there. The devil said, almost a little bit. You're at 99. Just keep working at it. So what we're saying is what Jesus did was not enough to make you righteous. It's Jesus on the cross, death, burial, and resurrection, plus what Mike can do. Amen. 
not too many people will agree with that. But I guarantee you a lot of people's hearts would believe that. Mm. That's one problem with the old covenant. It couldn't remove guilt and shame. That's why we have a better covenant. It completely annihilates guilt and shame if you allow it, if you believe that in your heart. Even though it's a true thing, do you believe that? Do you believe that the blood of Jesus removes all guilt and all shame off of your life? Amen. Hardness of heart. Proverbs 28, 14. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied. Is the man who reverently and worshipfully fears the Lord at all times, regardless of circumstances. But he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. He who who hardens the heart, you and I do. This is speaking of fearing, reverencing God. You know, people say fear the Lord like you're supposed to be afraid of him. No, it's reverencing him. A blessing is on those who do that. But God's blessing is not on those who harden their hearts. We can also see this from a verse that that to harden our hearts is not to fear God. 1 Kings 11. In Solomon's old age, first of all, you probably know this, that Solomon was the wisest man on the earth. The wisest man on the planet was Solomon. Wow, what a title. What a title. That guy's pretty smart. He's not as smart as Solomon. That guy's pretty wise. He's not as wise as Solomon. In Solomon's old age, old age, hopefully the older we get, the smarter we're supposed to get, the wiser we're supposed to get. Would you agree to that? It's not always true. In Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to work. It's talking about, I should have read, skipped one verse before that, or jumped to one verse. It's talking about all of his wives, but... Turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord God as his father David had been. Solomon worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Molech, the testable god of the Ammonites. In this way, Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to follow the Lord completely as his father David had done. Let's just read verse 3. Can we jump back up to verse 3? And he, Solomon, had 700 wives. And 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. So first of all, you think, Solomon, you got all this wisdom. It was deposited inside of him. But that wisdom, what was deposited inside of him, could not get through his heart because these wives... Specifically, Pharaoh's daughter, he married. She's the one that really turned him a lot because he built a whole temple to her, for her, to her God. Really? His heart became hard to all that was deposited inside of him. This is why it's the wisest man, and listen. This is why it's important to guard your heart. There are things that are going to try to pull your heart away from the things of God. doesn't matter how wise you are. 
That's why it's vitally important to have a connection. Or we are connected to God, but to be open to God and hear God. To hear Him. Mark chapter 8, verse 15. And as they were sailing, this is the disciples and Jesus, across the lake, Jesus repeatedly warned them, his disciples, be on your guard against the yeast inside of the Pharisees and the yeast inside of Herod. The disciples had no clue what Jesus was talking about, for they began to discuss in and among themselves, saying, it's the saying this because we forgot to bring bread. Knowing what they were thinking, <laughs> this is funny. You know, I could just see the disciples whispering over in the back of the boat, you know. Hey, dude, you know, he's upset because we didn't bring bread. Why didn't Peter, you always bring something. Why didn't you bring? I mean, they were just. <laughs> so Jesus, the Bible says, knowing what they were thinking, Jesus said to them, why all this fussing over forgetting to bring bread? Do you still not see or understand what I say to you? Are your hearts still hard? Let me ask you this. Did they sin? No. But Jesus said, are your hearts still hard? Why? This is why. You have good eyes, yet you don't see. You have good ears, yet you still don't hear. Neither do you remember. Whatever you focus your attention on is what's going to dominate you. That's what he's saying. Their hearts got hardened because he said, don't you remember I fed 5,000 with a little boy's lunch? Do you think I have a bread problem? Do you think I have a bread problem? Jesus didn't have a bread, but there he was all concerned. You know why? Because they, listen to me, they forgot what Jesus had done. You and I do that, don't we? We forget the good things that Jesus has done for us. When we do and think that he can't do it again, what happens? Your heart gets hard. Your heart gets hard. This is the thing about your hard heart. You know, we, uh, when we first moved to Pueblo, we lived in an apartment uh, on Quincy. And it was a pretty old apartment, and it had a, a boiler for a heating system. And uh, these, you call them radiators? Is that what you call them? I didn't know. It's the first time in my life I've ever seen anything like that. But anyway, and, and so when the boiler would kick on, and it would produce hot steam to go through these ice-cold radiators, you know, about this tall and about this wide in every room of, your, of the house, you would hear this bang, bang. Melody, first, when we first moved there, she, it's not so bad when it's daylight, 2 o'clock in the morning. That'll get your attention. Melody, you know, she says, Mike, somebody's trying to break in the house. I go, no, that, that's just uh, the boiler system. She goes, no, you have to go check. So she made me get out of bed. <laughs> go check. Look out the window. Oh, go to the door. Of course, nothing there, but everything's good. So we figured it out. That kept us awake day after day, week after week. We just didn't get much sleep. But listen to me. And then on top of that, there was another bad thing. We lived on the street next to the firehouse, fire department. And that fire truck 
2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't know why people just wanted to let their house catch on fire in the middle of the night, but it just, it was a joke. But anyway, they, they would flip on their, their siren right in front of our apartment. I mean, just make you jump out of your skin, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. So, man, we were just having trouble sleeping. I mean, it was just bad between the, the ghost breaking into our house and the, the siren. It was just bad news. But there came a time, listen to me, I don't know how long it was, but there came weeks afterwards, we slept like a baby right through it. Sirens are still coming. Steam was still banging on the pipe, and we slept right through it. Why? We got used to it to the point that we could turn it off. Automatic, you turn it off, you wouldn't hear it. We got hardened to the steam, and we got hardened to the siren, to where it no longer affected us. That's what Jesus is talking to his disciples about, and that's what I'm talking to you today. That's what I was talking about during communion. You can harden your heart to where what Jesus did for you and me 2,000 years ago is no longer affecting you. I don't mean for this to be sobering, but I'm telling you what, this should just jerk the slack right out of you. We need that slack jerked out of us. Boom. Guard your heart. You say, well, I know sin, you know, Hebrews 13, 313. Pull that up. Let me read this. But exhort one another to daily, while it is called today, let's need to be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. See there, pastor? It's sin that hardens your heart. Absolutely. Read verse 12. Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you with an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Then, read 13. But exhort one another daily what is called today, lest there be a hardening through the sea. So those two scriptures do go together. You can't pluck one. So verse 12 says the sin of unbelief. The sin of unbelief. Lest there be any of you with an evil heart of unbelief. One more. John 6, verse 9. John 16. John 16, 8. And when he has come, the Holy Ghost, Jesus said this to his disciples, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Listen to that. He's going to convict the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment. Verse 9. Of sin because they do not believe in me. You tell me where the Bible's putting the emphasis on sin. Don't get me wrong. Don't anybody jump in a ditch and say, so these other things called sin, it's okay. Paul, and they said that to Paul. You know what Paul said? So can we continue in sin? What was Paul's response? God forbid. So don't anybody get stupid on me, all right? No, sin, it, 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 there's so many consequences to sin, it can kill you. So, yes. But the emphasis here on the heart is the belief or unbelief. What are you doing? The emphasis on the heart is what you're believing. Because what you're believing will affect your behavior anyway. So, it's what you believe in your heart that's going to affect your behavior. People are worried about their behavior when they're missing up because their, their problem is not their behavior. Their problem is their heart. 
And so you can, the spiritual man is speaking to you and me every day of our life. People say, I just can't hear God. Yes, you can. You may need to fine-tune your heart because the spiritual man is saying this, you are the head and not the tail. The spiritual man says, you are the healed of the Lord. The spiritual man says, whatever you put your hand to shall surely prosper. The spiritual man says, I'm blessed coming in, blessed going out. I am blessed of God. I'm favored with a favor of God. I have favor with God. I have favor with man. As the shield surrounds me, I have the favor of God. That's what your spiritual man is saying 24-7. He's saying that. He's saying that, but it's got to go through your heart into your soul and to get to your body. So the hiccup is the heart. This is going to bless your socks off, I'm telling you now. This will help us all. People say, I just don't know if I have faith enough in that. No, you got a heart problem. you got a heart problem. The heart needs to hear what the spiritual man is saying. No, what is in your spirit, your heart's going to go, well, I don't believe that. I don't believe by his stripes I'm healed. I, I believe that's talking about spiritual stuff, your spiritual man. I don't believe God wants me to prosper. I believe we'll prosper when we get to heaven. So what happens to your heart when you start thinking along those lines? It gets hard. Spiritual man's still talking. says, hey, there's healing in me. There's healing in you because we are me. Christ is in us. We have it. But your heart goes, I don't know if I believe that or not. Will it manifest? No, it will not. The most honorable, respectable preacher that you could ever look up to could pray over you. I got one better. Jesus could come back down here, boom, show up, put his hands on you, and you will not be healed. You say, Mark chapter 6, read it. Jesus could do there no mighty work. Save he laid his hands on a few sick people. They didn't believe him. Why? Because of his hometown, their heart was, I know who Jesus is. Listen to me. This is going to help us all. Get a hold of this. You can start today. A hard heart can turn into... Heart just like that, just because you start thinking right, you start believing right, start finding out what's inside of you, your spiritual man, your soul, and your five senses. You can just start getting them lined up in your heart. It'll be a heart that God can use and things can be established. This makes sense. You understand this? Nobody feeling condemned? Nobody feeling guilty? If you are, you heard the wrong message today. This is a message to help us all. God wants you to have more victory than you and I want to have. God wants you to be healed more than you and I. Well, why didn't you do something? He did it all. He did it all. It's just we have to get it from inside of us, through our heart, to our soul, to be manifested in our body and out here. It needs to be manifested out here. What's in us can be manifested out here if we get our heart right. If we get our heart right, you will see. I even I gave this to a note. Change your heart, you'll change your world. How's that for a motto? Put that on a bumper sticker. Put that on your refrigerator. 
tattoo that on your forehead. Change your heart, change your world. We can do that. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Let's just thank him. Father, we thank you today that you're helping us. That what has been deposited inside of us can be manifested outside of us. That we have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. We have eyes to see. So we trust you, God. We trust the Lord with all of our heart. We lean not into our own understanding. In all of our ways, we acknowledge him. And he directs our path. Thank you, God, for helping us with our heart. In Jesus' name, amen.